the Deep Dish, the podcast after show for the Netflix original series, Julie and the Phantoms. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here with my co-host, Julie and the Phantoms super fan, Lucy. What's up, Lucy? So we just finished watching, uh, rewatching season one, episode one. So just overall, what's your what's your first reaction of this episode? I loved it. So it's looking like it's going to be a good show. We're getting that we get to meet some some of the characters and everything, and and some previews of things to come. So so let's talk about it. let's break it down. So when we start out this episode, it's in Hollywood in 1995, which is significantly before you were born. Yes. So. Um, what have you heard about the 90s? I don't know. You, do you know no. anything about the 90s? That's when your father here was in high school. You know, so the outfits they're wearing looked very familiar to me. I just know that the things they wear then are way out of style now. <laughs> what did you think about the hairstyles? Uh, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we first see... Uh, uh, Sunset Curve, that's the band, and they're kind of, you know, we don't know right away. It turns out they're just doing a sound check for their show, but they're rocking out. So yeah, I right, thought they were performing. Yeah, those, so did I at first. Mm-hmm. I was like, I kept thinking, I wonder why they're not cutting to an audience or anything. You know, normally mm-hmm. when you see there's rock no and roll audience shows. sharing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought maybe they were like just having a gig that they don't really have a lot of fans or anything but uh they were playing at the orpheum yeah well we find out that later it turns out that they're just doing the sound checks so they're getting ready for their Two big show showtime yes and obviously they've been working hard for this you know it's a big theater where a lot of famous people have played so they're super excited about it and it's so, also a very catchy song when when the cat the the credits turned on i was rocking out yeah, yeah. The song was playing. <laughs> well, right away we see that the music's going to be really good in this show. You know, it's it, it's pretty impressive. So we get to see the characters. So we see uh, Alex, Luke, uh, Reggie, and Bobby, and they're jamming. And then they finish their song. They take a little break, and um, they meet a young lady who's working at the bar. Yes, Rose. Yes, Rose. And they're all kind of chatting her up. It looks like they all kind of want to like flirt with her and stuff. But uh, you know. Uh, they're competing with each other a little bit, but they give her a t-shirt and a CD and everything. And then... Uh, Size beautiful. <laughs> so smooth. They're so smooth, guys. So what do you, what's your initial reaction to the guys? What do you think of them when you're starting to see their personality? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to talk about boys. I said. <laughs> I didn't mean, like, do you have a crush on them? I just mean, what do you think of them? Who's your favorite at this point? Uh... I'm gonna rate up. I'm gonna rank them. Okay. Ooh, I don't know. Alex, he's really funny. Then Luke, then Reggie. No, wait, no. No. Hold on. Okay. Alex, Reggie, then Luke. Okay. What about Bobby? Actually, I don't like Bobby. Well, he's the one who's kind of lying, because, like. I just don't like Bobby. Like, they're all like. Let's go get some street dogs or whatever. He's like, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, which he was obviously saying because he thought it was going to be impressive to the girl or whatever. Or well, for him to hang around I think, longer. I think it goes Alex and then Reggie and Luke are tied. Okay. Because I don't know how to break the last. Yeah. It kind of seems like, you know, Alex like is kind of real like nice and sweet. And, you know, Luke's kind of like the real cool rock star type that doesn't wear and then sleeves. Reggie's, and, and Reggie's like the dorky. Yeah, like, he's kind of silly. The, yeah, the dorky 
kind of smart one. Yeah. But they all definitely rock. But uh, So basically Luke says, hey, you know, everything's going to change for us. This is our big moment. Um, you know, but we got to fuel up before the show. So let's go get some street dogs. So, um, you and, know. And, and then. And, and of course they see something like fishy when they're eating hot dogs out of cooked from a car engine yeah which is kind of scarily normal i mean that actually happens like in places like la and new york and big cities and stuff people do sell hot dogs out of the back of their car and, and cook them on there and everything um sounds gross but yeah ew. and then he's like i got pickle juice on your cables and then he's like it's good for the rust <laughs> what but then reggie sit down and then luke's like after tonight everything changes yeah it does and then reggie said like luke well the like the, the they were noticing the hot dogs said, tasted funny like they'd yeah, been into they, them and they were kind of gross reggie reggie kind of jinxed it because he said chill man street dogs haven't killed us yet and the next scene smash cut to a ambulance yeah <laughs> So that kind of sets everything up, and you know, obviously, we we know the premise of the show is some type of ghost band at this point. So we knew somebody was going to die, but you know, at least they didn't make it some kind of gruesome like car accident yeah, or something. Like, they made it kind of a silly death almost. I thought it was going to be a car accident. Yeah, but they weren't driving. Yeah, but they're seventeen, so they should be driving. Yeah, but... <laughs> I will say it's a little weird that they had the street dogs kill them like immediately that night or whatever you know because normally had... food poisoning would take a little while to kick in but but they had to do that because they were about to play at the orpheum yeah they got so to move the story along so but yeah so the poor guys uh you know they they do not get to play their big gig that they've been looking forward to but you know notably that'll co come back into the story later is that bobby wasn't with him he wasn't having yeah, the street he dogs he was there flirting with rose yeah pretending to be a vegetarian and you will if you watch the rest of the season you'll find out who rose is yes so rose in the then it cuts to present day so we see we meet julie and flynn they're at school and yes. you know we see them kind of talking you can tell that they're kind of besties and you know yeah. they're, they're kind of talking about you know their music classes and stuff and then carrie the obnoxious oh, carrie. mean girl type shows up what, do you, what did you think of her oh my gosh flynn oh my gosh flynn don't bother coming <laughs> that's just that just shows her whole personality oh she's the worst and she's got passed out flyers Who, who's, and bragging who's who's 16 and has a band named dirty candy <laughs> Yeah, it's a little weird. Carrie. And and we'll see more of that band moving forward in the season here. But uh, through kind of the, the chat with Julie and Flynn, we find out that Julie seems to have a crush on, on Carrie's, Carrie's boyfriend, boyfriend Nick. Nick. Yeah, so um, obviously that's complicated. And Flynn said still, so that means she's probably have had a crush on her her whole life. Yes, that, that definitely makes sense. So we find out that all these kids are in the music program together yes. at their school. So they're in there, they're doing their performances for the day, and you know Nick's, Nick's up there, out. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, so some of these shows, like in the first episode, they got to do um, what's called exposition. Have you heard that word before? Yeah, but I don't know what it means. It's in like movies. where they they put things into the dialogue so that they can tell you about those characters without 
you know if they're brand new characters for you so like when the um when the teacher after nick plays is like uh you know great job up there almost as good as you did against glendale next week you know she's kind of establishing that or last week or whatever yeah, like, she's establishing that he's a musician but he's also like the star athlete for the school he is, too he, he's in a rec- <laughs> he's on the lacrosse team right so he's kind of like you know the big man on campus kind of deal and you know she's obviously the got the crush girl. on him yeah the popular girl. and then um do i don't remember who said it Flynn or Julie said, like, oh, yeah, it was Flynn. She said, you still, like, she said, like, Nick, still? (laughs) While Julie's, like, drooling. And then Flynn's like, you know they're going to get married and have unholy, and have unholy babies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because she's like, only one of them has to be a demon to make a demon baby. (laughs) But, yeah, so obviously they have some bad blood against Carrie. I mean, we find out later that they were friends as kids and stuff, but yeah, things aren't going too well with with them right now. But um, after Nick, I think like one of the only ones left to go in that class that hadn't performed yet for the class is Julie. So now what happens to her? Talk a little Um, bit about that. So I think for the year she was like kind of like losing her interest in music because her mom died. And then, and then she went up there to play and Flynn was like, and then she sat down and she opened up her, what's it called? Her music book? Yeah, her music book, yeah. Um, um, and she put her fingers on the piano and then she said, I can't do it. And then she ran out of the room and Flynn went with her. Yeah. So at this point, we don't really know really what happened to the mom yet. So like you wonder if she's just having stage fright or what the issue is. But yeah, we find out later that... You know, she lost her mama, and her mom was a, a musician, and that was, like, their big connection. Um, hint, hint, so wink, wink. Yeah, so it sounds like they, she hasn't really been able to, you know, bring herself to make any music since her mom's been gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she get, gets back home, and we meet the dad. I love the dad in this show. He's just such a Later in the nice show, guy. the hat is not it, though. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. But, uh, you know, you can tell that, that her dad is just really loving. And, you know, he's got these two kids and he lost lost his wife. And he's doing the best he can to to kind of give them a happy life. Even though, you know, they're just devastated with, with the loss of mom. But um, we find out that they're going to try to sell the house now. So he's got to take some pictures. So he wants Julie to go clean out her mom's studio. And then, can I say what? Yeah, go ahead. And while she's in there, she finds a The Sunset Curve CD that Reggie gave her with the, she didn't find the t-shirt yet, but um, she found the CD that Reggie gave her the night that they were going to play the Orpheum. And then when she played it, she heard some screaming. And then all of a sudden, three boys fall from the ceiling <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> so yeah so they drop from the top and you know obviously if she you know if you saw that happen you would freak out and Ju- I would say Julie that, very realistically freaks out but the boys are freaking out too the ghost uh-huh. boys you know they're just as terrified but they're like we're home yeah I'm like finally yeah so they kind of end up there they think that the studio is their studio because it's mm-hmm. where they rehearsed when they're alive and you know, she thinks that they're just intruders or whatever, so it's just this real 
kind of crazy moment where everybody freaks out. But, um, you know, through their conversation, they figure out that even though the boys think they've only been dead for a day, they've actually been dead for 25 years. And then Al likes this my favorite line from the show. I have been crying in a room for 25 years? How is that possible? <laughs> and then Reggie's like, you're a very emotional person. Very emotional person. I am not. <laughs> yeah, I did that kind of good. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. <laughs> so, yeah. So like they thought they were just kind of in limbo, and they thought it was only a day, but it turns out it's actually been twenty five years that have passed. So it's kind of crazy to to see them react to that. But uh, yeah, everybody's kind of freaking out, and then it, you know, oddly, you know, even though Julie's screaming and stuff, she's reasonably calm for somebody who just saw ghosts. Mm-hmm. I mean, she accepts it right away that they're ghosts and seems to just... And then... Know, she doesn't really want them there, but she's okay yeah. with that they exist. And then Carlos comes in, her little brother, and he's like, you talking to your to your ghost friend? Are they hideous? And, oh, also something else that happened when they first showed up, she was like, there's... Like, when she was looking them up, she was like, there's no such thing as cute ghosts. And then Reggie was like, you think we're cute? <laughs> and then he, she was like, mm. <laughs> um, So then it cuts to, like, she kind of just, she can't deal with the whole situation. So she, uh, yeah, her brother comes out and calls her to dinner. She's like, stop being weird and come eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sit down, and then you see kind of family dinner. And, you know, this is kind of a real sad scene here because... You see them setting a empty place setting for their mom that they're mm-hmm. still doing because they just want to. They're not ready to let her go. Um, and then the aunt comes in. Yes. And, and what do they do as soon as they, they hear her walk in? They throw all the stuff on the ground. They put the plate away, and then the aunt's like, um, "I think I I see things are going better here," and they're like, "Mm-hmm." Yeah, because so she and obviously the aunt is is the mom's sister. So like she's just grieving in a different way. Like she doesn't. She wants to move on. Yeah, she wants to move on, and she thinks it's unhealthy for them. They they haven't made it super clear at this point. I think how long the mom's been gone, but it hasn't been very long, and she's kind of rushing them. I, I think, think to I move think on. It, I think it was the year that the ghost showed up because, um. Cause I already forgot. Well, they probably lived in that house for a long time, obviously. So they they've they've been there, but you know you can kind of tell that that the family hasn't moved on, but the aunt is really pushing for them too. Like she even mm-hmm. you know doesn't doesn't seem to really want Julie to be in the music program. She wants to focus on the yeah, more academic subjects and, moving, and stuff. Moving and moving on. Yeah, so you kind of get the impression that maybe when when Rose was alive, when Mom was alive, that you know maybe this maybe her sister wasn't too supportive of her being a musician. Maybe she wanted mm-hmm. her to do like kind of normal stuff, I guess you could call yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of sad to see them feeling like they have to, you know, pretend that they're not mourning the way that they do. But. Um, the ghosts come in. The boys come in during dinner, and you know Julie's trying to play it cool. The aunt's, she's like, and then um, her, the aunt's like, like, you need to start ripping off the bandaid or something like that. And then, and then Julie saw the ghost and went ah, and then she, and then the, and 
then everyone was like confused and, and then she's like that's just me ripping off the band-aid <laughs> and then the aunt's like oh that's my brave girl <laughs> yeah so she's obviously a sweet lady and she just wants what's best for him she's just going about it a different way yeah. than, than, than what they're doing and then um, the ghosts are like um, I love what you and then they just like freeze when she screams Yeah. and then they Luke comes over and is, everyone's like looking around and then they're like I love what you've done with the place. And then they're like, you shouldn't be here. That's what Julie <laughs> said. And then the aunt's like, oh, yes, I should. <laughs> no. And then Julie's like, no. Then she said, I'm just here to help. And then Julie said, um. I don't know what she said. Oh, Ju- yeah. Poor you, Julie's no, trying to. No, you should be at Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. Because she said she was yeah. just stopping by on her way to. Pilates, but uh, yeah, so Julie's kind of scrambling to have these conversations, but she doesn't want, like even a little bit later in the episode, she starts to text Flynn, who is like her best friend that she tells everything, but she can't tell her even her best friend about the ghost because she thinks everybody's going to think she's crazy. Yeah, and she's probably, um, later in the season, you see that um, she, um, her dad told Flynn to text him if she was worried about him Mm, her I mean and so she didn't she probably didn't want her to tell her dad because then he already thought she's a little cuckoo because he said maybe it's not such a bad idea that you go and see Dr. Schrenner again which is clearly her therapist Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean that's the thing I I think when whenever when someone's grieving you know obviously she's in therapy and, and working through all of this and yeah, I think she's afraid if she starts talking about ghosts, everybody's going to think that she's just gone off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of is just keeping it a secret. Um, but then when she goes back out to the studio, um, she... the band is playing. Mm-hmm. And that's when we kind of find out that... People can hear them play. Right. They just can't see them yet yeah as long as they're playing their instruments people that are alive can hear them so far julie's the only one who has been able to see them she could see them but her brother couldn't um later in the show you will find out what happens yes yes we'll get to that in a future episode um but yeah then they have kind of a conversation where you know they they talk about her mom and that she's passed away and you know the guys are really sorry about that but they say hey you know we saw this song that your mom wrote that she left on the piano she wrote that she's, she's really, really talented. talented yeah and then that's kind of where they left off yeah well and she agrees to let him stay yeah and then the next day yeah so then um you know she kind of tells the boys you know you, if you need a place to stay you can stay in the loft or whatever um yeah. Or the yeah, the, the garage, st- the garage, the studio, um, and then Julie goes back out the next morning to to the studio and she sits she, down at the piano and sees and, that song. And then the next thing you know, wake up, wake up, if it's all you will do. <laughs> look yeah. Out, look inside of you. <laughs> so she sits down at the piano and plays that song. Did apparently, the one back? that uh, Luke was talking about. 
Um, and she wails. She's awesome. So she finally like just like me. <laughs> wake up, wake up! It's all you do. I don't think we can have the actual music on here. They're gonna sue us. So no, we probably no. better not sing the song. No, but I'm I'm good, Daddy. They can't sue us if I'm that good. They could totally sue us. But uh, <laughs> we get to see that Julie's got some pipe. She can sing. Awesome. She can play. And then by the time she gets to the end of the song. We see the three boys, the ghosts, yeah, just oh standing my, behind her. I have watched this season six. <laughs> no, I've watched the season ten times in like ten days. And it every time it scares me. I, I still jump. Yeah, they kind of pan over and the guys are standing so still and deadpan that it, it, it is a little freaky. It's a, j- a little jarring when you first see I've it. I've watched but. it ten times and I'm still scared. But they're just standing there in shock. They're like, whoa, this girl can sing. And, I mean, this is a good band, so they know talent when they see it. Um, and that's pretty much it for the first ep- episode. It cuts to the credits, but now we know that the band can be heard by the living. We know that Julie, when she's not in front of an audience and uh, you know, a stressful situation, can wail and can sing her face off. And now the boys know about that. Now the boys know that, you know, they're dealing with a pretty talented kid right here. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of things coming up in this show. We're going to talk about all of it. But I think the show got off to a nice start. They established the characters, everything. uh, You know, we got to know these guys a little bit. and, And I can't wait for episode two. I can't wait for season two. Season two. Definitely season two. A year. I can't. I can't. I, 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 I know. <laughs> yeah, we're actually doing this podcast to hold us over because we just yeah. love the show so much that you know, since we can't watch more of it, it's we just year. have to talk about it. A year. So hopefully, you guys are liking the show as much as we are too. So if you are, you know, please comment on on the podcast and you know, leave a review in iTunes or on Spotify and and uh, you know, let us know what you thought of episode one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll be back to talk about episode two. So until then, my name is Toby Shaver. And I'm Lucy Shaver. We'll be back next time for more Deep Dish. Bye.